0: uh yeah we get one
1: block talk they okay.
2: Well, good evening and welcome to another edition of Fighting Words on the Fighting Words News Network. Fighting Words is brought to you each and every night of the week. In grateful appreciation, the men and women of the United States Armed Forces, the men and women of the Police and Fire Services, the doctors and nurses, uh, all, the res- uh, all the first responders for COVID, the people who clean up afterwards because uh, they put themselves on the line each and every day to help us out, and those men and women who, who keep themselves shocked during, that, during our, our pandemic tonight's show is dedicated to a wonderful group of people who on uh, September 11th a few years back met the very tragic uh, end whether they were firefighters police officers or just men and women just trying to survive it was a awful thing to have happen um, to their families we again we can't tell you how much we appreciate each and every one of you and how much we our, our family Um, feels your loss Uh, to the men and women of police and fire departments and first responders who are suffering cancer and many other problems from that that day. uh, Anytime you need anything, brothers, just give us a call. We'll find out, find a way to get it to you. Uh, Tonight, uh, we're uh, missing one of our our, uh, stalwart uh, uh, team players and uh, known as in, in his personal circle he's known as the donald uh, we're not we, we we are humbled and we are not allowed to call him that we must call him mr henderson uh even though roger has has toted his veil for hundreds of years uh the donald is uh flying back to sarasota from his uh summer home uh on his private jet i'm sure
1: uh, but
2: uh we uh, we want to wish everybody and want thank everybody again for the tremendous listenership that we have. Uh, each week it grows just a little bit more, but, uh, and it's all due to our number one guest here, um, who every week uh, puts it on the line and tells everybody what it is, doesn't doesn't sugarcoat it, and makes sure everybody understands. And, and it's very very very. Humble himself, um, and that's Mr. Roy Cummings.
3: Roy, how you doing? I'm good. I can't imagine that uh, your growth has anything to do with me. Um, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure the numbers go up after I,
0: after after I get off. No, no, Roy. No, they go. Up, <laughs> they go up because of you. There's no doubt about you it. it.
3: Yep. You guys are too kind. Too kind. Well, it's always a pleasure to be here. Uh, too bad Don can't be here because boy,
0: well, boy, we got some things to talk about tonight. Oh, that's for sure. You know, yeah. the, the one with... thing it, it, he would have talked about, fellas, is that his alma mater almost had the big upset of the day <laughs> on Saturday <laughs> against the Crimson <laughs> Tide of Alabama. <laughs> yes, I they did. He, and, uh... I, I thought they were going to win, Roy. I really did. I did. Hey, I did too.
3: Uh, there, you know what? There's no question. Uh, they were the better team. Um, mm-hmm. And really, just a, a couple of breaks went against them. In terms of, let's not forget, there were a couple of calls that went against them. You know, I'm, I'm going to be the last guy to ever blame officials for something. But uh, a couple of calls went against them and a couple of breaks went against them. And I guess at the end of the day, um, overall, the better team might have won. But uh, Texas was the better team uh, on that particular Saturday. It just didn't quite work out for them. But, boy, what a good game uh, that was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that in college football, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I mean, I do root for the underdog a lot mm-hmm. because
1: mm-hmm. to
3: me, there's so many David and Goliath type matchups that uh, you know you, you can't help but uh, but kind of root because that, that's the only way you got a game. After you know, other than that, you you know, it's 37 to you know to 10 uh, at the beginning of the third quarter, and you're kind of like, okay, why am I bothering anymore? And you move on. But uh, this was a this was a real uh, surprise, and it it was great. I, I think it says something about what's happening in Texas. Uh, they, uh they look like a pretty good football team that's for sure on uh, uh on saturday
0: well you know uh, yeah. talking about uh, college football if it's okay frank to stay with it for a little bit yeah, yeah. uh yeah i just i heard this afternoon uh that the uh s v c has uh asked uh, uh the power you know uh, uh or the power schools georgia alabama et cetera uh to uh not uh face Oklahoma and Texas until they get into the SEC. Did you fellows hear about that at all? No. No, I didn't. I did not. Or are they trying to? I mean, what are they trying to do? Are they trying to force those teams to go into the SEC? Is is that what that's well, about? Oh no, no, they're gonna they're gonna come in. But I think what they want to do is not have them uh play each other until they real like for instance uh Texas played Alabama Saturday. We were talking about it. They do, they want to have them in the SEC, I guess from the way I interpret it, b- before they have any more in inca- you know uh, uh, uh con, you know, uh, you know oh, games see. between each other. That's what I think it is. I think it's just to build up the SEC. That's all. You know, for when yeah, they that get in. I I I I guess that makes some sense, but to me it seems
3: like it's a bit of a I don't know if it's an incentive or a uh, who knows, but at the end of the day, um, yeah, those are. It's very rare that those teams that the SEC plays those teams, and one of the mm-hmm. reasons it's just like it was. It's rare, you know. Years and one thing that you've got to factor into this is that these schedules are usually worked out three, four years in advance, um, and, and so it, it shouldn't be much of a it shouldn't be much of a battle to to get that done. But it, you know, it's rare. I'm sure when, for example, when Florida scheduled Utah, uh, it was probably three, four years ago, and there probably wasn't much concern that Utah would be a, uh, a you know, a top-ten-ranked uh, team in 2022. But lo and behold, Florida opens up against Utah, and they, they, they get themselves a pretty good game. Now, they ended up winning that game and uh, were by far the better team. But um, then they go up against Kentucky, and Florida's not quite as good. But, um, you know, those matchups are kind of made like that. The Texas-Alabama uh, game. That's a little bit different. You, you know, you're going to get two good, solid uh, teams there. But one of the reasons the SEC avoids games like that uh, is because you know they, they're forced to play within their conference, their division. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. as we know, it's it is the best conference. Uh, you look, I'm I'm a Big Ten kid from Chicago, Illinois, and uh, it, it pains me to admit it, but the SEC's got the best college football these days, and uh, it has been it's been that way for a while. And one of the things the SEC doesn't want to do is, you know, they don't want to schedule, uh, you know, Florida States and when they were power schools, when they were good schools, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to take on USC, UCLA, uh, you know, uh, Notre Dame,
0: those schools because uh, it's,
3: uh, it's
0: they've got enough tough matchups as it is. Well, the yeah, we're going to talk about the NFL, obviously, very in just a minute, but. Just to follow up and we can wrap it up about that, uh, like Auburn is going to play Penn State uh, and at Auburn on uh, Saturday. And yet, you know, we were talking about the uh, doormat type of, uh, of games. Like what's Alabama playing on Saturday after that Texas uh, game, which was great, as we said, UL-Monroe, okay, Louisiana-Monroe. And then Arkansas is playing Missouri State. Um, I would say Florida playing South Florida Florida, that would be a pretty good game. Kentucky uh, playing Youngstown State. I know Ron Jaworski would love to watch that game. And then um, Ole Miss is playing Georgia Tech. So Tech will be playing a couple of games uh, against uh, the SEC, even though they're in the ACC. And then uh, I was looking, oh, uh, Missouri's playing Abilene Christian. Tennessee's playing Akron, and uh, and Vanderbilt's playing uh, Northern Illinois. So there are a lot of games that I think are really, in my opinion, not up to the caliber of an SEC or an, a- an ACC uh, team, or yeah, Big Ten definitely. You know the SEC and the Big Ten. But anyway, I agree with you. But Roy, I got we got to talk about the. The return of Tom Brady, the uh, Bucs, and uh, the number that uh, that uh, they did, in a sense, against the Cowboys. Zach Prescott out for, what, four weeks at least. Uh, what did you think of the Bucs' performance? Well, i got to be honest. I, I was actually a
3: little surprised that they did exactly what I thought they were going to do. Um, I, I suppose if I had been asked to lo- draw up a uh, – a game plan it would have been exactly what the bucks did um, and i've mentioned this you know locally on some tv shows here and in segments uh number one thing i would have done was run the ball and emphasize the run which they did a very balanced attack which is something i know they want to get more to that was before they even lost uh ryan jensen ali marpet and now their uh, their left tackle as well um so they wanted to get to a more balanced attack they really emphasized the run which i thought was important um, made a lot of sense to me especially with the you know the makeup of the offensive line at this point uh, I think you've got it the best way to take pressure off Tom Brady is to hand somebody else the ball and you've got a good running back in Leonard Fournette uh you got a good uh, backup obviously in Rashad White uh make use of them and they did and it was effective um so that's number 1 number 2 uh they blitzed uh, one of their linebackers uh one of the kids whose names you're going to learn if you don't know it already is Devin White And uh, I've been thinking that Devin White is not a real good coverage linebacker. He struggles in coverage, but he's a downhill player. And I think the Bucs kind of, for whatever reason, uh, in essence, wasted – I hate to say wasted, but they haven't completely utilized the talent um, that Levante David has as a downhill pass rusher uh, coming in from uh, the the middle of the field. Uh, you know, util, utilizing that a gap, and I, I think I don't think they're going to make that mistake with Devin White. Uh, I, I predicted that he would lead this team in sacks, and he did through game one uh, because they blitzed him two or three times right up the middle. And uh, he's a hard guy to, to pick up. He's fast. He's uh, he's smart, and um, they they ran some really good uh, some really good uh, games there uh, against Dallas, and it uh, and Dallas couldn't pick him up so. Uh, again, the Bucs did exactly what I thought they would. Um, I was a little surprised at how effective the defense was in frustrating uh, the Cowboys, but they clearly did. It's hard to run against Tampa, and it was hard to run against them this past week. So um, they they got Dallas into situations that uh, made them predictable, which is what you want to do as a defense. You start that by stopping the run, which they did, and, uh, and they ran the ball. I thought those were two of the big keys, that, and, and you don't think about that because you think about Tom Brady, and you think about throwing the ball deep, and uh, there were less of those throws this time around. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think they showed that uh, Julio Jones is uh, is is a force to be reckoned. He's with. back. Oh, yeah, he's he back. is. Uh, so I, I'm interested what what you thought about that, uh, Roger, because I mean you've seen Julio, uh, you know, week in and week out for many years. Uh, how did he look to you? Because he looked sure looked
0: good to us here in Tampa. Well, he uh, to me too, and, and I'm sure uh, Frank, you agree. He looked like the mm-hmm. old uh, Julio, the way he was when he came yeah. up ten years ago, and uh, you know, and, and um, with Matt Ryan throwing, and uh, now he's got Tom Brady, and uh, it was interesting. I was I, I was glad to see that at least the Colts came back to uh, tie that game. And uh, I guess there's some uh, in their game, I guess there's some controversy about the what was it, the last field goal, uh, I think, uh, in that uh, tie. But anyway, we're we'll talk about the Falcons uh, or the, uh, about them later, and we're going to talk about the Falcons, because uh, once no, it's the Falcons uh, game, I guess. but they, uh, they have their own problems, and you know, the, um, isn't it it's, it's a shame. But that it's, it's a fact that after that Super Bowl, they're still, no matter who the coach is, they're still having problems, okay, closing it out and winning the games. Yeah, they are. Um, but you know what? I,
3: I, I, first of all, to me, it was one of the more intriguing games uh, on the slate. And, and I know it only got regional coverage. It wasn't a nationally televised game. But, you know, you have two quarterbacks who five years ago were one and two in the draft. They were the talk mm-hmm. of uh, of the NFL in Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. They've both gone to different places now. Uh, Winston, obviously, on his second team. Mariota on his third. Um, so, you know, to me, I thought it was really interesting, uh, that, that, that this matchup, because what I wanted to see was, you know, how much have these guys matured? And, and I think they've matured. I think they've matured mm-hmm. immensely. Uh, Jameis, I mean, Marcus Mariota puts his team in position, Uh, to win, and then Jameis Winston takes that position back and puts his team back in position to win, which, again, I've seen him do, you know, dozens of times here in Tampa, and he obviously did it in New Orleans while he was healthy a year ago, and and, and lo and behold, uh, the Falcons couldn't quite hold defensively, as you said. Uh, But, you know, to me, that was one of the more intriguing games because I have always thought, and I've said this, you know, numerous times on this show, I've always thought that I just think NFL teams are way, way, way too eager to give up on quarterbacks. And we saw it in Pittsburgh as well, where Mitch Trubisky looked like a pro. He didn't look like Mm -hmm. a guy, a deer in the headlights, which is what he looked like most of the time in in Chicago. Um, He looked like a pro. And part of that, I think, has to do with the fact that he's in a stable situation. He's got a coach that believes in him. Uh, and an organization that believes in him and and he just you know and he 's got some some games under his belt. You know this is a league where you can 't just step in with a bad team around you and expect to succeed. It just doesn 't happen it 'll happen once in a while, but not to the degree that you need it to happen uh, in order to win consistently and and that 's the problem and and I think we saw this past weekend. Several quarterbacks, even Geno Smith guys, right? Who I was have gonna been say. quit yep. on
4: by their organizations,
2: and we're looking at saying, I mean,
3: I, 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 I'm not a fantasy football guy, but I, I, there's, you know, I'm surrounded by him at work and things like that. I mean, I went into to work the day the next day and said, okay, who show a hands of who who who's in a league that drafted Geno Smith? He's out there as a free agent in most leagues, yet he won a football game and looked pretty darn good doing it for the most part, um, for Seattle the other night. So, you know, again, to me, a lot of quarterbacks showing that they, uh, they've got the ability to be really good, uh, despite the fact that
0: they've been quit on by, by their, the teams that originally drafted them. Roy, I had no idea that Geno Smith has been on the Seahawks roster backing up Russell Wilson until I heard Pete Carroll a couple of hours ago on NFL radio. I had no idea about this guy, you know, because you're yeah. exactly right. The Jets, is he, you know, he was like going through the league. And, uh, but talking about that uh, game on Monday night, two things. Um, first of all, uh, we'll talk about the strategy. But there was something else that I picked up during the game because I was flipping back and forth from ESPN to ESPN2. And I and I don't know if you uh, you and you, I don't know Frank if you picked up on it. Uh, Joe Buck asked Troy Aikman, "You doing okay?" And and he also said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm okay." He says, "We've never done this before," and I'm thinking, "What he could have meant a couple of things." But I'm picking up on it. Wait a minute, you've never done a game where you've got another. You got Peyton and Eli doing theirs on ESPN too because they're used to being the game and not having competition for the broadcast. When you think about mm-hmm. it, so I don't know, I don't know whether that's what he was you know quietly saying or not because obviously it split up the uh, viewership. But what did you think of the final uh, decision of Hackett? Uh, not to uh, let Russell Wilson go for that five yards, Roy. Yeah, I,
3: I thought that was uh I thought it was a mistake. Um to me, look, you went out and got the guy. He's one of the best quarterbacks who's ever ever played the game. Uh in that situation, I mean you're you are you are asking a guy to kick a sixty four yard field goal. Uh I, I, I think you try to get five yards but you had time. To me that's the thing. You've got time. You had an you had a time out. So you could run a play. You had what, eight, nine seconds? Um, you, if you don't have a play in your playbook for that situation with one time out left, game on the line, um, then, then then you're not putting together the right game plan. So that that play had to be in the book there somewhere, and I I thought it was a mistake. I thought it was a big mistake, and um, I really questioned uh, why they didn't. To me, you you want the ball in the, in the hands of your your best players, and uh, I think there was an opportunity there to. To extend that game and get yourself in better position uh, to kick the field goal because you had a timeout and you had uh, and you had time on the clock.
0: Well, I don't. You know, think know. Uh, uh... The... Go ahead, Frank.
2: Yeah, the the one thing that, that uh, before we, we get any further that everybody's been kicking around, and nobody's been saying, is an 800-pound gorilla in his the, the room. Um, this afternoon, it was was um, I guess I announced. That uh, Tom Brady has signed a 375 million dollar ten year contract uh, for life after football. This morning's papers kept saying that Giselle, in in Elle and all these other magazines she's up in New York working, and she's saying that that now's her time. He's had his time in the in the uh, sun now it's my time. Now all of a sudden he's saying this afternoon at uh, five o'clock, he said, uh, look, uh, i the last 23 years I've missed, uh, Thanksgiving and, and holidays with my family. And uh, I have to really consider that. Roy, given what you know, does that mean he is or is not going to finish out this
1: season?
3: I'll tell you what, it's a very good point that you made there. Um, I think what it means and what Giselle was quoted as saying she was interviewed for I think L magazine and I may mm-hmm. have that wrong but but what she said yes. was she wants Tom to be more present the the kids are mm-hmm. at an age now where they they understand you know they they need a little bit more attention from a father um and mm-hmm. I think as you know and I think this again we're all speculating here because we don't know but it's, it's the pieces oh. of the puzzle are starting to come together and you're absolutely right, Frank. I think you did a good job of putting them all together here, explaining that, you know, she's in New York working. She said mm-hmm. she wants Tom to be more present. Tom Brady is starting to say, you know, I've never spent, you know, Thanksgiving with my family. I think what it means is mm-hmm. this is his last year as a player, more than likely. Mm-hmm. And I think what he's going to do is I think just like he did in training camp. He may take a couple of times, a uh, couple of weeks during the season, and say, "You know what? I'm not, I'm not going to be there this week." I, I, you know, we'll have to wait and see what the mm-hmm. schedule, you know, how, when that happens. But he may take a week or two mm-hmm. off, depending on where mm-hmm. they are in the standings and everything else. And and you know what? Again, right. look, I, I have a hard time believing that he would put the team second and himself first, mm-hmm. and say, you know, if, if the Bucks absolutely need this game, this is the week up. But he, I mean, if they get a you know, a five-six game lead on uh, in the division, uh, he may take a week or two, and, and or maybe it's already been you know decided that he's not going to be there for for Thanksgiving. Maybe he's gonna. Who knows? Uh, and the Bucks have a game on Christmas. I don't know. You know, there's ways to redo that. You know, look, I, I having covered the league for five, you know, twenty plus six, years,
5: three it's, uh, one you know it's zero. happened before it's where I've a, had
3: you know my family has had to reschedule thanksgiving and have it on a friday instead of a thursday or have it on a saturday instead of a thursday you know to have christmas uh you know with the family the day after christmas or the day before because you're traveling or, or working that day but who knows maybe he's going to alter the schedule a little bit to uh, accommodate the family i think that's what it means um it's either that or this is the last year or maybe a combination of the two so that's kind of where i am on it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, the one thing he said that uh, I I thought he, he should have said it in a different uh, way was when he said, I can't leave my teamo- teammates down. Well, wait a minute. What about your family? The family should come first, you know, not your teammates. I mean, I understand it, but I just think that it was a inappropriate, especially with what supposedly was going on with Giselle. You know, that you're putting the, I can't leave my teammates down, but I don't mind leaving my family down. And maybe he's having, like you said, Frank, I mean, maybe he's having second thoughts now, and who knows whether he will finish this season. You know, guys, what you said,
3: Roger, it makes 110% sense. Well, can't do that, 100% sense to most every normal person out there, me, you, Frank, most of our listeners. But in the football world, it's not like that, and, mm-hmm. and uh, this is one of the things that, and, and this is one of the things that Tony Dungy was adamant about. He was adamant about if if you can't do this job in eight hours and go home to your family at night, then I don't want you on my staff. <laughs> and he was so really out, outside of the box with that that a lot of people didn't quite understand it. Not everybody, you know, was willing to necessarily just uh, accept it either. Um, in football, you're a, you're. A, I mean, it's like the team comes first. I'll never forget John Gruden. One day at, at, at training camp, one of his kids came up. Uh, they happened to be at training camp, and one of the kids came up, and, and it was his birthday. And that was one of the reasons he was running around the field that day. And, and was there in Orlando at Disney World. Uh, the wife was there, and the other kids were there, and everything else. And and John had basically kind of forgotten. The kid's name. We said, well, which mm-hmm. one is it? He goes, uh, uh, and he looked at him, and he, he just had a moment where he, he, he literally forgot his name. And, and he goes, eh, it's his birthday. And, 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 oh, how old is it? And he, he couldn't quite remember that either. And, you know, and, <coughs> you know and I remember John once kind of decrying, you know, Thanksgiving uh, because the players were going to get that afternoon off, and he had to kind of alter the schedule. And, but that's the football world. Most, I would say 90%, if not more, of the people in the game are so devoted to the team in the game that family comes second, holidays come second. And, and I think Tom Brady has done that over the years, and I think Giselle's probably gotten to a point. I think she's been at the point for a number of years now. But I think she's finally putting her foot down and saying, look, this is going to stop. And it's going to stop either now or it's going to stop, you know, 12 months from now, but it's going to stop.
0: Well, you retired, she's going to say to him, and then you change your mind, and that's enough, okay? You had a call quits. You're going to take care of the family, and then all of a sudden your teammates come first. But I'll give you another example. You're exactly right, Roy. Andy Reid and the tragedy in his family and, and the dedication to football, having a son die, the other son uh, getting picked up, you know, for being uh, D- DUI. I mean, uh, yeah, he's won a Super Bowl. He's been to a couple of them. He's, had, he's a Hall of Fame coach, in my opinion. But look at the toll it's taken on his family.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I, it, it, it's sad. And, and, you know, we don't know that football had much to add anything to do with that but or, you know, if he didn't pay enough attention to the family and that had something to do with it. But it's one of the reasons I respect Tony Dungy so much because when he came in, he just, he said, this is not how we're going to do it. You know, we're not, we're not going to be here 12, 14 hours a day. And, you know, and and just get three three hours of sleep here at the building and and ignore our family. That's not going to happen. If you can't be, if you can't get this job done in eight hours and go home to your family at night, then, then you don't need to be doing this job for me. You can go do it somewhere else, but you won't be doing it for me. And, and I respect him for that. And so, you know, I, I think that's uh, I, I think Giselle may have finally said something quite similar to Tom. But we're, again, we're we're all speculating. I I guess I'll leave you guys with this, and and kind of sorry to do it because we don't have Don on tonight. But uh, I don't mean to leave you hang, hanging in the lurch. But I'll, I'll just leave you with this. I I we're gonna speculate on this until Tom and Giselle come out and tell the world exactly where things are. But again, as, mm-hmm. as Frank did a good job of doing there. I think we're starting to put the pieces of the puzzle together, and we're starting to see exactly what the picture is. And I think it's, I think it's a family that's in need of a husband and a father, and um, the father and husband, as much as he loves football, is having a hard time saying, uh, "I got to give up this first love for or,
1: exactly.
3: or the second for yeah. the first, whichever it is." But um, I, I think it's, I think, I think we're getting closer to that point. What it means for the Buccaneers,
0: only time will tell, but we'll find out soon enough. You know, uh, before you go, one quick, you know who uh, was a coach years ago and had the same mentality about family was Bud Grant when he was with Minnesota. I remember yeah. it so well because, you know, you were in the Dick Vermeil era, you know, where Dick was living and, and sleeping in the vet. And uh, Don knows that because he used to do the uh, his show and he'd be in his uh, office in the vet sleeping overnight many times. But you know what it's uh it's a different world we see it different uh I mean we can see it every day I can see it with uh kids in school I asked them uh, yesterday if there was much discussion on Sunday about 9-11 cuz none of them were born yet and some told me exactly <laughs> what they did you know but you know what it's history and uh the it's a different world and uh but I think the decision is coming uh, by the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Brady one way or another. It's go- it's going to happen, uh, and, and we'll know, just like you guys said. So only time will tell. Well, Roy, mm-hmm. listen, you have a great week. God bless, and uh, thanks so much Thank as you, always. Roy. You're the best. Yeah, guys, thanks so much for having me as always, and uh, we'll talk more football next
3: week, that's for sure, and maybe a little bit of Phillies too since uh, they're suddenly hot.
0: Yeah, but, but but with lower echelon teams, you <laughs> right.
3: Know? Hey, the schedule
0: is a schedule. <laughs> That's right. right. No matter exactly how you get there,
3: they right. just care if you get there.
0: That's all it takes. Great. That's exactly right. Take care. Have a great right, week. Have us. a great week. Thanks so Thank much. You, you. too. Is uh, Mister D. Ledbetter holding... with us? I'm trying to get a hold of him. He's having was having problems with this, so I'm just call
2: him online here, so we still yeah. get it.
5: Your call has been forwarded to an automated
3: yeah. voice messaging system. Okay. Four zero well, yeah. four eight zero well, five
0: f- six. Yeah. Yeah. So what we'll do yeah, yeah. is, uh, you know, we'll carry on. Uh, and if you want to take over for a minute, I'll I'll try to get them and see. Okay. 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 Yeah. Bear with me. Yeah. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Roy had brought up a
2: very poignant uh, point there about the. Uh, um, Alabama game uh, a couple things that, that weren't said was one uh, Saban lost it on the way back over to the coach uh, one of the assistant coaches said something uh, to him about the game and he used the F word and the U word uh, uh, he, was, uh, he was he had lost his cool by that, part, that point the other thing is when you look at the rule book I don't know who got it wrong but the the the, the, um, the quarterback's leg had touched the ground. Whether he rolled on the offensive player or defensive player, uh, has no bearing. Once that foot, that foot, leg, or anything else hits the ground, that is a touchback. That is a extra point. That is whatever's laid out for you. He, he got. He did lose. Uh, they got because it was Saban. They got the better of the decision, uh, and I'm right. sure that it ex- that's exactly
0: what it was. It was Mr. Saban. It wasn't anything else. Well, yeah, I, I just tried to get uh, Daryl. The uh, I'm getting the uh, voicemail just like you thing. are, Frank. Yeah. Yeah, but, but 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 we can talk about the uh, the uh the Falcons and you know we'll talk about the Eagles. Okay? Uh because I'll tell you, it was an interesting uh, uh, uh information that uh, uh surfaced this morning. Um I did not know that Vince Fazio has been around the Eagles. Did you know that? No. He's still, you know, he's still on the on the, uh, the Broncos payroll. Uh, but mm-hmm. it was, I think it was Ross Tucker. He's on WIP on the morning show on Wednesdays when Angelo's off for uh, seven to nine, and he saw mm-hmm. him at, uh, at practices. And uh, you know, the, the the fans are up in arms, and it, and it surfaced that uh, Howie sits in uh, with the discussions about the game plan. Okay, and uh, even uh, uh, Nick came uh, came up. Sirianni came up or came out on Monday and said we got to tighten the defense up. Now jo- the Jordan Davis played 22 snaps and had the best performance of anybody on defense. And you know, and now why didn't he play more? But the uh, that's the question to be answered. But. The, 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 if, if Faggio is around there, and, mm-hmm. and if the defense doesn't play up to its expectations, uh, I guess it's not going to be surprising if he's let go. I mean, when, the, when his head, his head coach says we got to tighten up the defense, I mean that's that's sending a message because he knows everybody in the administration must be upset with him. You know, with the defense. Mm-hmm. With, you know the money that mm-hmm. was spent uh, on the acquisitions but well, i just found that mm-hmm. very interesting i'd never seen anything about vince fazio uh being around the eagles until this morning
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah I, I saw that and thing he's
2: a, with, uh, in the inquiry with uh uh Cataldi, uh talking about it um oh did you a, okay a, yeah yeah he had a small piece in the uh in the sports page in the, in the inquire. Uh, and he was, uh, uh, he was, man, he was really livid
0: that uh, this guy was around. Oh, he, he's he been after him from day one. And so have some of the yeah. other uh, people, <laughs> the other hosts. Yeah. And the guy interviewed yeah. for what? Three or four head coaching jobs. And they say, yeah. this guy isn't a good defensive coordinator. How come he is interviewing for uh, head mm-hmm. coaching jobs? Right. Well, I you know, it'll be interesting to see because uh, Fazio, like I said, he's still on the uh, payroll of the Broncos, but there's nothing that we could – and he was a good defensive coordinator. I mean, and uh, as Ross said, I think he could put him in the top five in the league right now as a defensive mm-hmm. coordinator. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll just have to, uh, to wait and see. Uh, what did you think of the uh, Eagles game? Uh, what, was it that you were impressed with Detroit – Unimpressed with the Eagles, or you were impressed with both?
2: I thought the, the Detroit has definitely uh, made a step forward. There's Absolutely, no doubt about that. Uh, and I think that they're going to win this weekend. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, that that just uh, it's just written in that book. As far as the, as the this is the first time I really had a chance to w- watch the new uh, excuse me the new uh, Eagles coach. And watch his demeanor on the side, and watch his play calling his play calling at, at some point pleased a little bit to mm. to your, your imagination what in the, and the word just came out of my mouth is what in the hell was that all about? Mm-hmm. but he got the w. so I can't knock him for that. I, I do think that uh, uh, as he grows with the team remember this this is his first uh, job in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a head coach. And as he grows and as the team gets more acclimated with him, I think that uh, they are looking at, and I was talking to my cousin the other day, uh, I think they may have uh, a pretty damn good jo- job of, of staying away, uh, way ahead of the, the curve this year.
0: Well, the Cowboys, you know, are in trouble. Obviously, maybe oh, yeah. in trouble even before Dak went down. But the uh, on the odds, uh, the odds changed on uh, Sunday night, and especially Monday, uh, where the Eagles mm-hmm. uh, are a strong contender to be in the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. uh, as far as the mm-hmm. uh, uh, the the oddsmakers uh, feel and. Uh, I think they've got the talent, and I think it's uh, Sirianni, you know, said that he has delegated the uh, play calling to uh, his assistant, uh, you know, to the offensive coordinator. But, you know, we all know that can change in a game. Sure. Okay. Sure. You know, I'll never forget years ago uh, in a press conference, I asked Andy Reid who's calling the plays because I said, you look like a cheerleader on the sideline. And that's when he announced that Marty Morningwake was calling the plays. <laughs> and I had a couple of guys <laughs> mad at me because they had already written their stories and now was. but they were wonderful. Les Bowen, Michael Barkan, yeah. you know, they were giving me a lot of credit for uh, for seeing that. I'll never forget, less Les said, he says, I'm tracking plays. <laughs> and he says, Rogers
1: looking at the coach. See what he's doing, you know.
2: Yeah. So, but that's my point. point, Well, you made another poignant point there. That Preston, the Mm -hmm. day before uh, the last day of practice, when they were on the field, they heard a snap in that leg. Now, that is usually, yes, yes. You see the Achilles heel going, uh, or Achilles tendon, rather. Um, but they they said they gave him a day's rest, and they said, oh, he was going to be good. That's not – that can't be right. That can't no. be right. Be, I, if I was Jerry Jones, I'd be getting a new orthopod on my staff. Because he certainly uh, – you know, Preston gets a lot of money. He's going to be sitting on the sideline and doing nothing for a long time.
0: Yeah, well, they were talking yeah. about if Sean Payton was to come in, he's going to want to have a new medical staff, he's going to want to have mm-hmm. new personnel people, and et cetera. Just everything you're alluding to, and the question is, will Jerry Jones allow it? And you mm-hmm. know, the only guy that I know of that really got his way was Bill Parcells. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you want me, this is the way it's going to be because. Parcells didn't. He could have gone any place, and you know, and called mm-hmm. his own, uh, written his own contract. But uh, mm-hmm. you know, that I think that's uh, that's what's going to happen. The other, <coughs> excuse me, we'll talk to uh, Doug about it later. Mm-hmm. And, excuse me, is Jackson not coming up with a uh, contract, you know, mm-hmm. and a, a mm-hmm. extension? So who knows what's going to mm-hmm. happen there? Um I think the Eagles game on uh coming up on Monday night against Minnesota uh I they Minnesota's good and uh, mm-hmm. the uh I really I was impressed with uh, their performance and I think that'll be a, a telling tale. Um I think that the uh, the Cardinals uh and I think they made a mistake uh with the uh, quarterback but I think the Cardinals have problems. I don't think they're that good. I don't know what you think. Uh, we'll talk mm-hmm. about that. And the, I mean, they got blown out by the Chiefs, 44-21. Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. And and the Giants, I give the, the uh, new coach credit that he went for the two mm-hmm. instead of just yeah. going for a tie and going to OT.
2: Yeah, it's their first win in how many how many games? Yeah,
6: yeah, so and against
2: was, the Titans. All those last units. Yeah. That was that was a day end down in that, So uh, You know, uh, um, Roy brought up a, a, another point. I, geez, I just I'm going to uh, get Mike on the line here, uh, Mike Schulte. I'm not going to go off the air. But uh, okay. Roy brought up a, a, another uh, uh, couple points. That uh, uh, come on, Mike.
0: Well, here you want to you want to go off and, hey, and get him here. I'll.
4: Yet. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Uh, uh, yeah, can you hear me? Hey. Yeah. Now we
0: can. Okay. Yeah. There can you, you hear go. me okay? Yes, sir. Good. Good. Hear you well, Mike. Well, you are. We hear you very well. You are the man of the hour now, brother. <laughs> Boy, what <laughs> I a, am, Mike so sure you're be. first
2: this is a this our very favorite guest Mike Schulte who's the communications director for the Real Quest Bowl, formerly Outback Bowl. Uh, I'm sorry. Let's say it again. Reliant Quest. it up again. Reliant. Reliant That's
0: it. I wrote it Mike, we're going to get it, it right.
2: right. I wrote it on the script. Yeah, and it's he, on, the, on the, uh, he did. <laughs> I just have a, a mental block, Mike. Um, uh, what did you, let's let's start out with the the, uh, the number one everybody talks about the game, Texas and Alabama. Uh, your thoughts on the on the uh, was it or wasn't it, uh, and what what you thought of the game? I, I'm sorry. What was what was the question? What, what, what was it or wasn't it? What
0: Texas was, Alabama? Was it,
2: the Texas Alabama game. There's a big controversy over one play. And that was it a uh, which, touchback which, or which
4: uh, one? <laughs> uh, <of> course,
2: well, <laughs> well yeah. there's a couple of them.
4: Actually. <laughs>
2: Next question. So, <laughs> so, so, for so, some of the safety. So, the, so, um, yeah, I, it sure, sure looked like he had his, he had his forearm down before he threw the ball. And it's sort of, it sort of seemed like the officials might have, uh, Forgot about whether he was down or not, and because they were worried so much, they 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 were reviewing the whole aspect of a personal foul and all that, which of course there wasn't. Uh, A guy, you know, some guy flew over the top of him. I mean, that wasn't even close. And so I was trying to figure out why they were, why they had called that. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, the guy's down, and Mm -hmm. they they didn't seem to even review that part of it, which I thought was very. Very strange, I think if I were the uh, the texas coach i i I don't know if they would have been able to hold me back <laughs> you mm-hmm. know from the officials trying to um you know to make sure that they they reviewed that part of it and it just sort of seemed mm-hmm. like it just sort of got lost in the whole the whole bigger picture so uh yeah that 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 was uh that was an odd thing, but with that said um uh, and the officials did miss a blatant uh, face mask penalty Mm
1: -hmm. late in the Mm -hmm. game,
2: which, uh, which, which was, but uh, aside from all that, I mean, they did call, you know, quite a few uh, uh, penalties, which I was actually sort of surprised that they did. Um, but you know, penalties, penalty, but it was a tremendous game. Uh, what a great experience. Um, and, um, nobody expected a game like that and, and to give credit and, and again, the backup quarterback, if you will, of Texas was obviously a very good player, but um, the fact that they played basically three quarters with the backup quarterback and and went down to the wire like that uh, says a lot about Texas as well. And and if I'm not mistaken, don't they have a guy named Arch Manning uh, coming in there pretty soon too? They sure do. So um, so that's uh that's probably you know bodes bodes well uh, for future Texas football.
0: Absolutely. Mike, you know, the controversy, uh, Don and I are a, a big fans of Matt Rule from his time at Temple. Of course, he went to Baylor and, uh, you know, the the, uh, the coach of uh, uh, Carolina. And uh, he blew a fuse uh, because of a call in his game also. And uh, when I was listening to Sirius NFL Radio, I mean, I'm not going to uh, concentrate on this, but it, it ties in, they lost 26-24 to to the Browns. And uh, I, I don't know if, it, if you're, uh, you've listened to Pat Kerwin on uh, Serious NFL Radio or not. I find him uh, really a tremendous uh, football uh, a person. And he just blew a fuse about that they have the command center in New York and they didn't know how to stop the action so they could review a play. And he says, what are they doing? Now, I know they don't have that in college, but what would would be the option in the the college game to uh, have like uh, an oversight in the game? Uh, is there a uh, like they in the NFL? They do have on uh, in the press box. They do have other officials. Do they d- do that with the college? I don't know where they they can change a, uh, a call on the field. Well, they they have the they
2: have the, the replay officials, and and they're the ones that you know they have certain things that they're allowed to review and things they can't review. I, I'm not really. Un- I'm not really sure what the rule is, but I, I'd be shocked if they if they can't review whether a player was down or not, especially when yeah. um, you know it's it, it just, they, they do it when the guy's going in to score, they do it when there's a fumble or 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 a question about whether a, a, a pat, you know a, it was a quarterback fumbled the ball or threw the ball, so right. why would they not? Uh, be able to review whether the guy was down or not. I, 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 that's what, that's what was confusing to me. And, and, you know, the difference though with the NFL, you know, in college, you know, too. the other part of this is that in college, it, in the NFL, um, it, it's all, everybody belongs to the same league. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. the officials are all paid by the same uh, entity, which is the NFL. In college, you have uh, yeah they're all in the NCAA, but they don't have anything to do with that you know on-field stuff. The the conferences you know each you know the schools are different conferences. So you had a situation here where it wasn't a a, a conference game; it was two different conferences playing each other, um, and you have uh, the officials um, are typically from a a um, one conference to the other. So so it it would be a lot more uh complicated, if not impossible, to have a a, a central arbitrator, if you will, over issues like this. Now, you know, the the, the I, I think the bigger thing might be just the fact that, you know, the it's like everything, right? The more you try and control certain parts of anything, um, the the more you leave yourself open to situations that you um uh, you didn't anticipate or something, you know. And so it's, it's, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, like you said, we have, we have review now. And so everybody's like, well, you can review everything. Well, you we can't really review everything or
5: no, you know, whatever right. the case.
2: And that may not have been the situation here, but, you know, it's just, you, you you, know, you, you say, well, you know, and how many times we've seen it, even in the NFL games, what was the game a few years back where the, I think it was the Saints that got, that got, uh, um, dipped out of, you know, going to the, Super Bowl because they, you know, that terrible non-call and the pass interference play down the field and everybody in the world saw it and every official should have seen it and nobody threw a flag. And, you know, if you ever had a situation where the New York should have stopped play and say, wait, you know, we cannot have this determine the outcome of this game, you know, um, that would have been it. And yet they didn't do it. So, uh, you know, it's, fishing is part of the game i understand that and people make err make huge you know, people make errors and all that kind of stuff but in the day where, in a situation where they have review and all that you would have thought that that somebody in the review process would have very easily caught caught that up and, and if nothing else they would they, they the officials should have um uh, if they did review it and determine that they couldn't tell if he was down maybe they should have at least clarified that at the time, you know, with the with the with the the, the referee mic to explain to people because everybody walked away from that play shaking their heads, like, thinking what the heck was going what ha- what happened there. I mean, they didn't even they didn't even address the fact that the guy was or wasn't down, you know, on on the pass, and that's and that's why it was fourth down, you know. So it, it was uh, you know it, it was that that was a tough game though because they the officials they. They called a lot of penalties, and they and not that they weren't deserved, but they
0: they were really busy that game. That's for damn sure. (laughs) Well, you know, there were there were some other great games too. Uh, Any that uh, really stand out in your mind? And we have some good ones coming up uh, this weekend. I I think the Penn State Auburn uh, game should be pretty good. What do you think about that one? Yeah, that's going to be that's an interesting game. You know, that's that's a return
2: visit. Uh, From Penn State, you know, last year, if you remember, Auburn went up to Penn State to to opening weekend to open the season, uh, and they played up there, you know, during the Penn State whiteout, which was a very electric uh, uh, game and very close game, really really a lot of fun to watch. Uh, And so now Penn State's returning the favor down here in Auburn. So that's going to be a really interesting game. You know, Auburn's obviously trying to get their footing um and Penn State you know uh has, has looked pretty good but um obviously they're they're trying to you know build their team up uh be a little bit more consistent and such It's me uh, i I expect it to be a really good game um there's a couple other good ones on the slate this week too the uh, i think uh uh BYU Oregon uh should be a really good game BYU uh, looks like they have a pretty good team this year um Mississippi State LSU is going to be an interesting game you know Mississippi State's. You know they're two and zero, of course, but they're. But you know they. You know it'll be interesting to see how they do against LSU, and of course LSU coming off of that heartbreaking loss um, to FSU. Uh, how are they going to respond? You know, with a with a conference game coming up. So definitely some some good games uh, to, to to watch coming up. But this past weekend, obviously, you know the the, the upsets, right? The uh, You know, Marshall going into Notre Dame um, and winning there, Uh, App State going into Texas A&M, that might even be a bigger surprise uh, Mm -hmm. for a lot of folks because a lot of of people before the season felt like Texas A&M was going to go toe-to-toe with Alabama this year. So so definitely uh, some – and, of course, you know, Nebraska, you know, having that, again, heartbreak kind of loss, they just couldn't get over the opposite. Obviously, you know they had to, to let Scott Frost loose, uh, who I know everybody was sort of cheering for him to be able to bring that program back to, to its old old days. But um, mm-hmm. you know, it it, it just uh, you know, it, I guess he just sort of ran out of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and my, and I know. Go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. Frank. Yep. You, know, you know, we had uh, three ambulance, uh respond to the house on Saturday after the uh, the loss. Uh, the uh you know my whole family ended up uh, uh in the uh, intensive care unit under uh, all kinds of <laughs> things that uh let, let me ask you and this is a serious part of it Tommy Reese is not developing the way people thought he would uh i don't know whether marcus i, I Marcus never should have gotten a job uh, it's, his, it's his first uh first head job um he yeah, you know, he just didn't really have the development that, that that he needed because of Kelly walking out the way he did. Um, he didn't. He's lost uh, three games in a row, and you know, with the alumni, uh, a losing season at Notre Dame is nine and one. Uh, I, I but I I can't put all the uh, all the the, the uh, demand on Marcus. I think Tommy Reese is not making uh, good calls, and I, I don't know why. He was a good football player. Uh, guy here, when he got hurt in the 88 game, uh, uh, judge uh, Tom Krug went in for him and, uh, and saved that game for them. But, uh, um, this just doesn't, doesn't seem to be, uh, working for, for the, for the donors. What's your thoughts? Well, you know, I don't know. I, I, I to be honest. I didn't, I didn't get to watch the game, um, Saturday. Um, and because I was I was busy watching Alabama and Texas and, and a couple of the other ones. And you weren't uh, alone. I, I wasn't really expecting that. I wasn't expecting the Notre right. Dame game to be much of a game, right? So right. Um, so and I did I did see them uh, play a, a good solid game against Ohio State and frust frustrate mm-hmm. Ohio State for three quarters um, and really take them out of their game plan. Um, which I thought was very, very positive, um, you know, and that was obviously the coach, you know, understood what he needed to do mm-hmm. to to stay in that game, and he, and he did a good job with it. So, so, mm-hmm. and I didn't, you know, watch their bowl game last year because I, you know, again I was busy. So, right. so, um, so I can't, I don't have a lot to go go with there, but I, I you know, I, I know, uh, you know, I don't. You know, things happen in game situations, and maybe maybe there was a situation here where, you know, Notre Dame opens the season against Ohio State on the road. A huge emotional game. You know, college games are like this sometimes, and you come back home, you're playing a team that you're heavily favored to beat. You know, um, you know. I, I again, I didn't watch the game, but, you know, maybe yeah. the players just didn't really take them serious until it was too late. I don't, you know, again, but... Um, you know, I, I think you got to give, uh, any coach, uh, a little bit more, um, rope, um, to, uh, mm-hmm. to see, you know, whether or not they're going to be. And, and again, a- anytime you have a new coach uh, for it with a team, right. And new coordinators right. and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, you're going to have, you're going to have adjustment periods and, 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 you know, and to my understanding, Notre Dame lost some good players from last year's team too. So, you know, uh, you know, you got to give them a little bit of leeway, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, and like you said, maybe it was a situation where they just came off of a huge emotional game and, and just mm-hmm. didn't have their heads, you know, where they needed to be uh, to pay attention to who they were playing. Yeah. So, and, and the again, they really were wouldn't. the only ones last weekend that that got, right. got, got caught like that, you know? So, yeah. um, you know, I mean, you know, the, you know, A&M, uh, you know, uh, like I said, that's, that's every big, every bit as big of a, mm-hmm. of a shocker, um, you know, and, sure. and probably, uh, and, and even no in, you know, even a couple of other games. So, so it's, you know, it's just, I, I think part of it though, too, and we've talked about this over and over, you know, college right now with the portal situation of teams mm-hmm. being able to get kids who want to play and don't want to sit on the bench. Okay. Enables teams mm-hmm. to get plug in holes, bring in kids in certain key, key positions that they need a lot better mm-hmm. than they used to when they had to rely on their freshman recruiting class and then those guys right. growing up. Okay, They're able to yeah. bring in guys who were sitting on the bench at other good programs, and it can fix your team very quickly. And also the other thing is that, um, unfortunately for the coaches, they've got to recruit their own players to stay because, right. you know, a lot of players are leaving some of these programs. So from year in to year out, you mm-hmm. don't know what the team's going to be like, Because especially at the beginning of the season, because there's so much movement, both losing players and bringing in other players. So, again, I don't, know, I don't know what the roster at Notre Dame looks like in comparison to what they had last year and what they should have had coming back this year or not. Or, or And, and mm-hmm. on the flip side of it, you know, you get programs like App State and Marshall, who, you know, they're they're able mm-hmm. to find some kids who, who are saying, you know what, sure. I don't want to sit at Georgia or the, some of these schools. I want to go out, actually, out, go out and play, and maybe I'll actually get drafted mm-hmm. by the NFL
3: or something.
2: And they're able to, mm-hmm. you know, to bring in, you know, some of these kids. You know, they're all everybody gets on TV. I mean, it used it used to be the old days. Sure, you know, the the big the big schools would get all the best players because they'd say, well, you want to play on TV, so your you know grandparents can see you play. You know, we come to our place. Well, now everybody's mm-hmm. on TV. Everybody gets, you know, to do the same right. thing. Everybody's got, you know, great facilities, all this stuff. So so the the, the playing field has really evened out quite a bit in, in mm-hmm. college. And, and, you know, after the top maybe handful of teams uh, year in and year out, um, you know, the most, most of the rest of them are, are pretty well evened out. And you're going to have mm-hmm. situations where you're going to have teams that aren't the biggest names, that don't have the biggest traditions. But they Mm -hmm. are, uh, but they're going to come out and knock off some people uh, here and there, and Mm -hmm. that's sort of what you're seeing happen right now.
0: Mm -hmm. Good brother. You know some some of the uh, the upcoming games uh, this weekend, uh, Mike, are interesting. Uh, I think Ole Miss playing Georgia Tech, which means Tech will play uh, play two SEC teams this year because they play Georgia at the end of the year uh the one like you mentioned you mentioned Mississippi State LSU but some of the uh the games that uh, are really I don't think going to be that competitive uh like uh Vanderbilt well that might be that's against Northern Illinois that could be a good one but I'm thinking Alabama and UL uh, Monroe uh, you think that'll be a cakewalk for the crimson tide oh yeah oh yeah yeah, because
2: because because after that Texas game, <laughs> I think Mr. <laughs> Saban would uh, would probably have uh, have now has the attention of his entire team, um, and uh, and I hate to be Louisiana Monroe uh, playing them after after what is perceived uh, as them playing a, a not a very good game last week. And certainly with the penalties and everything like that, you could say that. So. But uh yeah, so that, I don't think that's going to be that much of a game, but but, uh like you said, there are a number of other ones uh that are going to be I think really good this week and and um you know that I think that B y u oregon game watch that one that's gonna, I think that's going to be a really good game um as well and, and going back to last week, by the way, I, I want to mention um, the Florida Kentucky game, I thought was a really really interesting game mm-hmm. Kentucky yes, you know,
1: mm-hmm. man, they, they they you
2: know they they you know they they got the monkey off their back year or so ago, uh, with Florida and now you know, you can see them they come in now to play even in the swamp. Um mm-hmm. they're focused and they're they, they have a confidence level about them that, uh, that they haven't had in a long time. So so they're uh they're they've and they've always played Florida tough. Always. Um and mm-hmm. but now you can see that they come in with the expectation that they can win win against teams like that. And that's uh, that's that's really you know Kentucky's really turned the corner as far as that goes because it used to be a team that was always sort of dangerous and could could maybe upset a team here and there once in a while, but they're they're a, they're you know a quality team that uh, you know that you got to you know be ready to play every single time because they they're going to beat a lot of people, and they they've been doing that the last couple of years and they're they're
0: on that path right now. Yeah, they're playing Youngstown State, and we were talking about that earlier because that's where Ron Jaworski went, and, of course, we're close with uh, Ron. Uh, He may be the only one that thinks that Youngstown State can beat Kentucky, you know, (laughs) because he's a positive guy. Yeah. Well,
2: after, like I said after the last couple of weeks weekends, uh you know I think there's uh, you know it's not too far fetched to think that anybody can be upset anymore.
0: Well, that's true. And that's what's great about college football that uh, as they always said in the NFL on any given Sunday, well, on any given Saturday uh, or uh, Thursday or Monday or anything, you know, the same thing can happen in college uh, football. The uh, how is everything progressing uh, with the uh, the bowl uh, activities? I, I mean, I know it's very early, and we talked about yeah. uh, I think, as I recall, tickets that go on sale next month, correct? October. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, probably late October. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's going well. We we're very very excited with our new title sponsor Reliquest, who is is based here in Tampa. Uh, they're an international cybersecurity firm that that uh, um has you know they're, they're you know they're a cyber security firm for for the top companies in the world um and they're based right here in tampa and and uh it's great to have them involved and they're very very excited about being uh the title sponsor of our game and, and in the college football space it's a, a new space for them to to be a part of and they're looking forward to getting a lot of exposure and awareness uh out to people uh that who are college football fans and um, uh, it's so far it's shaping up to be a ter- tremendous partnership, and we're uh, very very excited about getting into our event schedule here uh, through the fall and leading up to the game and and having a great uh, game this year. We're played on we're playing on January second this year. Uh, the first falls on a, on a Sunday this year, which the NFL owns, of course. So so all the New Year's the traditional New Year's Day games will be played on Monday the second, which is be the, the national holiday. Um, but uh, mm-hmm. as we, you know, done this, you know, various times as the calendar falls that way. But, um, but yeah, we're going to be uh, very excited to to have a, a great matchup this year, and looking forward to the
0: possibility of uh, having some really good teams again. Yeah, you know, we talked about it before. I look at uh, Requ- ReliantQuest Quest as using this also uh, for recruiting uh, top-notch uh, uh, experts or young people. College graduates, whatever, uh, and others that are in the field to get them to come over. Uh, do you uh, sense when that uh, this is a company that uh, could expand their uh, their area or their their customer base into even a um, an individual type of uh, a business where they would provide uh, cybersecurity for uh, individuals with their uh, their phones, things like that. I know there's a lot going on in that field now. Yeah, I don't
2: I don't know if they have any any uh, desires to go that route uh, to you know direct to consumer kind of thing. I you know like I said they're you know they do, and I don't and I'm not going to pretend to know their business like you know they do, but they 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 do cybersecurity, uh, you know, platforms, software, personnel support, so forth. For, you know, major, major companies. So, you know, in Bank of America or or someone like that or hospitals or whatever need to make sure they have, you know, top notch cybersecurity um, to protect all their their um, their systems. um, You know, this is the kind of company that they're going to look to. And um, so that that's a whole different uh, world um than you know, than getting your uh your your Norton Antivirus, you know, software for your computer kind of thing. So um uh but uh you know I don't like you said I don't know if they're they're having desires to go beyond that but uh but you're right, I I think this is gonna be an interesting uh and space for them, like I said, to be in uh to to provide a little bit more mainstream awareness for who they are, or what they do, um, which will not only help them, you know, reach even more uh, businesses and and so forth, but also, um, you know, to help with uh, hopefully with uh, uh, being able to encourage more young people and college uh, folks to maybe go into the 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 world of or the career path of cybersecurity, you know, which is you know a lot of different types of of uh, jobs in that sector, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, if we can help them, you know. Uh, reach people uh, and make and provide awareness for their company and their, and their industry really to, uh, to, to more people. I I think that's only a positive thing because as we know, that's a very, you know, cybersecurity is extremely important um, and only getting more important each day. Every day. um, As, as you know, we go more and more into the technology world and having literally almost everything, that we say do and 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 need, um, you know, involved in in some kind of uh, internet or, or or computer, you know, situation. So, um, you know, it's critically important um, to have the very best uh, that you can to protect uh, all your information and your um, your you know your identity from your identity to your software to your your um, uh, you know uh, business applications and all that kind of stuff. So. Um yeah we're we're very excited about being involved with them and I think if, you know we we have a lot to to uh to bring to the, the table for them uh, uh, to help their uh grow their their business and and to make people more aware of it
0: well the congratulations uh on getting a a great sponsor to replace outback uh went you went went in a totally different direction uh but uh it'll be a great opportunity for you and the bowl. Uh, committee, and also for the company uh, in this partnership to uh, develop a a wonderful relationship that will benefit everybody. Uh, Mike Schulte, have a great uh, week. We appreciate it. Continued uh, success. And uh, we'll be talking to you uh, every week or every couple of weeks. Yep. We'll see you next week. Take care, Mike. Have a great Great. day. Thank you, guys.
2: appreciate it. You too. Have a great, okay, take, thank great you. week ahead. A great weekend of of, of watching football. <laughs> yes, sir. Absolutely.
0: Okay, so Frank, we have, uh, we have uh, Mike Simzak the with... Washington uh, correspondent. Yes, our Washington correspondent. Cap- we'll show Capitol Hill also correspondent. That's yes, right. <laughs> Uh, you know, Mike. I tried to have uh, Mike Conti on tonight, but and I uh, uh, talked to Frank about it earlier in the week, and I got in touch with Mike because I wanted to have him on with you. However, Mike is tied up doing the United game as we speak, as you well know. <laughs> and I uh, say they, they look good in that they win and. Uh, they were talking about the playoff chances and uh, the um, – I'm trying to – they play,
5: was it Toronto they
0: played and they, um, they
5: won? i, I got to double check. I, it might have been, been – um, You know, what? I what was they saying they, they, they have the uh, Philadelphia was, Union coming up next.
0: Yeah, they do. And, they, and Mike was talking about that, uh, about the challenge mm. uh, with the Union, because mm. when you look at the – uh, standings. I mean, the union are way out there, uh, you know, as far as uh, total points go, and as we've said for months, uh, or at least a couple of months, they continue to uh, win and look really impressive. Uh, but I did watch that United game, and uh, they did look good, and I think that. Nah, I don't. I'm, I keep on thinking it was Toronto, but I'm not sure.
5: You are, you are correct. It's. It was Toronto. They were home to Toronto. They won 4-2. Right. And they are currently about to uh, beat Orlando City. Uh, I mean, it's very late in the second half, the 87th minute. So that for them would be uh, two wins on the trot as they try and make this uh, late playoff push in, um, to, to get that number seven seed. Uh, they're only if they win to tonight, like it looks like they might. Uh, they'd only be a couple of points back. Um, they'd only be, you know, two points back of the seventh spot. However, both Cincinnati and Columbus would have uh, a game in hand over them. I think the biggest issue for Atlanta United moving forward as they go into their last three games, um, they've got a pretty tough schedule. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they're going to play uh, Philadelphia Union This weekend They've got uh, New England coming up on the first After the international break And then they ha- they've wound out the season With NYCFC uh, New England mm-hmm. are currently Just below them in 10th in the standings uh, NYCFC sit in 4th But they've really been on the slide since they let their uh, well, their leading striker, their leading goal scorer, and their coach both left to move on to greener pastures, so anytime in MLS you lose your coach and your um, player of the year is probably a rough go. But I just think um, it, it, it's a lot. So they looked really good the last couple of games. They're finally able to score. It looks like they're able to get defense together. Um, you, you know, they're coming off of a of one match. Uh, suspense him for Joseph Martinez for conduct detrimental to the team, but they're able to get that back, get him back, uh, get him back on the fold. And I think late in the season, they're finally starting to look like a team that we thought they might be a little bit earlier in the season.
0: Well, you know, moving over to, uh, to uh, the NFL uh, with the uh, Commodores,
5: um,
0: they won. And uh, what was your opinion of the, uh, of the win that they had? And I, I, at first it looked like they, uh, they were going to have trouble and they might not win, but they uh, were able to uh, uh, come back. But what was your, uh, your opinion uh, and what's the fandom in, in uh, the nation's capital area? Are they uh, getting on board that uh, maybe this team does have some uh, potential
5: this year? I think everybody's still a little guarded, a little uh, cautiously optimistic. You know, there was some good, there was some some bad. Um, Carson Wentz was 27 of 41. Uh, He spread the ball around nicely. You know, Curtis Samuel, who was was injured almost all of last year, uh, had eight receptions. Antonio Gibson uh, they finally were able to spread him out. He led the team in rushing, and he had another seven receptions for seventy-two yards. I thought he had a really good, uh, good game. Game. Um, there was also some bad. Uh, you know, they allowed about one hundred. They allowed over one hundred thirty yards rushing on only eighteen attempts. There were definitely mm-hmm. some opportunities for. For. for um, Trevor Lawrence to get some some points, and he left a lot out on that field. And I think that, you know, it's still very much a work in progress. Uh, I was very much impressed by their skill position players. I think that the combination of Antonio Gibson and Logan Thomas and Samuels, the rookie Dotson, and Terry McLaurin, who had a really quiet day, he only had two receptions. One of them was a 49-yard touchdown, but he only really had two receptions in the game. They, they, they kept him bottled up. But I think that combination of skilled players gives Carson a lot or a lot to work with. Um, the question is going to be the defense. Uh, they lost their rookie defensive tackle, um, Fedarian Matthews to a season-ending injury. He has to get surgery on his meniscus. Uh, they don't have much depth at linebacker, and they were struggling. Even though Ron was impressed with the cornerbacks, it felt like they were really struggling a little bit sometimes in, cover, in coverage.
0: Well, they're playing Detroit this week. Uh, on Sunday, and uh, the Detroit uh, lost by a field goal, as you know, to the Eagles, but looked uh, strong, and they continued to come back, even though you know, when, even when the Eagles would uh, score. But I think it's also interesting that uh, the Detroit's first two games of the season are home games. I think that's unusual that uh, that happens. Um, but the, I, yeah, they got lucky but, with that one. Oh, they did. They did. Yes, they did. Uh, Did you get to
5: watch any of the uh, Detroit uh, uh, Eagles game at all? I did. Um, I was really impressed with DeAndre Swift, their running back, who at times was absolutely torching the Eagles. Uh, I think that kind of had something to do with it being the first game, and the the Eagles defense may not have had their full rotation and schemes up. But if he runs like that against – A Redskins defense that can be a little bit soft in the middle, especially when you get to the second level of coverage. Uh, He could be a real weapon. You know that the Lions are going to fight. Uh, They've, you know, Jared Goff had a up and down game, but he he was able to get them in the end zone. They were able to move the ball. And the funny thing is, Roger, for the first time in. About a season and a half in 24 games for the first time, the Detroit Lions are actually favored. Vegas has them at anywhere between a two, a one and a half, and a two-point favorite over the Commanders. So for the first time in 24 games, uh, Vegas thinks that the Detroit are the better team. I don't know if I necessarily agree. Uh, I don't know necessarily even where that's coming from. But that, you know, I think that that's going to be a good game. I think it'll be a good contest. That, uh, and we'll see. I think we'll learn a lot from about the uh, commanders when they get done with this. If they, if they are capable, and hey, look, after you've only won two games over twenty games over the last three seasons combined, if you can get off to a two and zero start, that's a really good move in the right direction for uh, Washington. Yeah, it
0: sure is, and. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, well, the the odds now, from where, where everything I've seen, uh, the home field you know for years was three points. Uh, evidently, it's now between two and two and a half, something like that. And uh, I, uh, getting back to the Monday, we're going to the Monday night game against uh, the Eagles in Minnesota. Uh, I think that Minnesota is within the point spread. So that's saying a lot about uh, Minnesota, but uh, and it also says a lot about the Detroit and about the uh, NFC Central. Yeah, that whole uh, division.
5: Well, a lot of people liked Detroit. We know that they're going to fight for Dan Campbell. That's not a team that's really going to quit, and that's what he drills in. And a lot of people kind of fell in love with them after hard knocks. And as for Minnesota, after what they did to Green Bay on uh, this weekend, it's kind of hard not to like what they were able to do. I mean, Justin Jefferson is just on a level. Oh, he's special. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, have to be a little bit concerned. Even though Darius Slay and James Bradbury had good games, you know, James Bradbury with the interception and in return for a touchdown and he looked pretty good in coverage. Um you concerned as anybody would about how you stop just um Justin Jefferson. And don't forget Dalvin Cook when he's on his game is one of the more effective uh multifaceted running backs in the league and how given how the red the uh, Eagles looked against DeAndre Swift uh with the Lions he could also be a major factor in that game. Uh I suspect though that we'll see uh a lot more of Jordan Davis in the front because he was really effective against the run and I just was I think everybody was a little bit surprised at how few plays he played given his effectiveness. 22
0: plays, Mike.
5: He only played yeah. 22 plays. So I well, think we he, may see a little bit more of him uh, in in the uh, in, in the center for the Eagles, uh, especially given how effective he was.
0: I don't know whether you saw it uh, uh, on um, TV because he's uh, what on the ESPN uh, coverage now, uh, RG three, uh, but they were kidding around. It was on the uh, preview show on Monday night about with Dak uh, Prescott going down. They say hey, RG RG. You can resurrect your career. And uh, I don't think he has any desire to resurrect his uh, career in the NFL.
5: You know, I don't think that he has any desire to resurrect his career in the NFL. I also don't really suspect that even if he did, that he would be the first person that they would go to. Uh, A lot of what made three so... Uh, such a coveted prospect coming out of college was his his speed and, and, and agility, and given the number of knee injuries that he's had during his time with the then Redskins, um, he lost a lot of that mobility. And he's also been out of the league a couple of years now. I mean, his last stint was as a backup quarterback for the Ravens, and I think that was pri- that was um, nineteen. So he's been out of the league for a while, and I I just think that he's come to terms with the fact that it's just not going to happen for him.
0: Yeah, we were talking with uh, Roy Cummings uh, earlier, Frank and I, about the the Tom Brady situation, which obviously is national news, uh, you know, with Giselle being in New York and and saying it's my time now. Tom said it is time. his time it has got to be over with, and, uh, you know, maybe even speculation, uh, you know, Brady could walk away uh, during the season. Who knows? I mean, we don't know. But it's amazing how uh, the NFL world, Mike, uh, changes and things happen on a daily basis. And you have been right on top of the Daniel Snyder situation uh, from the outset. And you look at the NBA uh, with the uh, decision about uh, what was it, Phoenix, the owner of Phoenix yeah, being suspended harder. for a year, yeah,
6: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, what it was Phoenix, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah, and and suspended and well, I think a ten million dollar fine. And here the NFL mm-hmm. is still uh, in uh, in uh, spinning their wheels about their decision on Daniel Snyder.
5: They said that they have. Um, you know they're continuing the uh, investigation. I think though the issues that you will see, the, the similarity in the situation that you'll, you see with Daniel Snyder and with with Sarver, and that is, that was a big point um, throughout the day after that news broke today, talking about how Robert Sarver was suspended for a year and fined uh, ten million dollars, and how you know. Daniel Snyder, with all of the uh, evidence, all all of the allegations against him, has really gotten off kind of stop-free with just saying, oh, you know what, I'm going to transfer ownership to uh, Tammy, my wife, and take a step back and kind of comparing how they've been handled. But I think in both cases, you're dealing with owners uh, in both cases who are a bit on the litigious side. And you see both commissioners kind of taking a step back and saying, you know, I want to punish you, but I also have to be careful because the one thing that I don't want to deal with is a lawsuit. And what uh, the NBA and probably to a large extent what the uh, NFL fears is a lawsuit from Daniel Snyder and the things that come out if certain people have to be deposed or in discovery. And, you know, that is why they are hoping upon hope they can get this John Gruden case before an arbitrator rather than uh, before in civil court. Because I don't know, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say like they feel as though there is some dirty laundry that might come out that they don't want to come out. I think they're more afraid that they don't know what... Come out, and they're not prepared for what could 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 uh, could happen. Yeah, and it could be a disaster for them.
0: But mm-hmm. well, listen, Mike. Have a great week. Uh, I did want uh, you, being a uh, veteran, um, uh, public service announcement that uh, you know you see all these ads. If you were stationed at uh, Camp Lejeune, uh, that you know get in touch with uh, mm-hmm. the attorneys and everything else. Uh, but if they make a settlement with you, from what I understand, you lose your veteran benefits Because, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they'll they figure that they've, they've uh, uh, paid off the, uh, the debt So mm-hmm. we do that as a public service announcement, Mr.
5: Mm-hmm. Simzak I appreciate so, you it said, I, I myself was never a Marine, nor was I stationed at Camp Lejeune, so that doesn't apply But yeah, buyer uh,
0: as they say, buyer beware
5: that's for mm-hmm. me.
0: Well, listen, Mike, have a great week. Thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you as usual next week. Take care. Next week. Thanks, Mike. I'll see you later. Uh, have a great one. Okay. Uh, with us, we go back as uh, the Hall of Fame broadcaster, Mr. Don Henderson would say, we're going to go up to the Baltimore area and have our golf pro, uh, PGA golf pro, Doug Hamilton with us, and... Uh, Doug, as usual, a pleasure to talk to you. The Orioles are still on a pretty good roll. uh, And your Ravens, uh, they did well. They show that they uh, are an elite team. Uh, What's your feelings about the football and the baseball world in uh, the Baltimore area? And you expand into Washington, just like Mike does. Yeah,
4: of course. Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, the – Orioles are playing against the Nats here tonight. Last I saw, they were losing two-one, but uh, you know, a mere forty miles—you know—is the difference between the Baltimore, Washington. So, uh, a lot of area to cover, a lot of overlap with uh, fans. And uh, now that I'm in a little different area, uh, a little west of Baltimore, I mean, there's there's a lot of lot of uh, Washington fans here. I do see just as many Baltimore fans, but. you know, it's uh, it's nice to see the Orioles uh, continue to play well. I think they've maybe sputtered just a little bit here uh, of recent time. But, um, you know, I think the, the rubber meets the road. You know, once they go a little bit north to Toronto here, they've got a series coming up. Uh, They're off tomorrow, and then they play Toronto. So, um, you know, look, at the end of the day, uh, we probably started the season talking about the Orioles' Um the over under and win total was sixty two so we're you know well into the seventies, and we still got games to play um you know to so all accounts i mean it's been um a blessing in terms of the season for for real fans and and uh, they played very well this year and it's uh, they're still fun to watch and you know regardless of whether they continue their their push forward towards a playoff spot, I think they were five games out. You know, it doesn't really matter. I think, um, you know, it's it's a look towards the future with some of the guys they have, and they still have more that uh, will probably work their way into the lineup at some point uh, next year and, and um, reinforcements behind them. So um, I think they're Mike Elias and, and that front office is building something that we can hopefully uh, pick some fruit from here in, in the coming
0: years and, um, you know, give a, a, the fans a good product to watch. So
4: it's, it's been
1: exciting.
0: Yeah, I was thinking of your wife on uh, Saturday when uh, Georgia uh, did a number on Samford. You know, they're not really uh, competition, uh, but right. uh, this weekend the dogs should. Uh, they're over in Columbia playing the Gamecocks of yeah. South Carolina. That should be a a, a far different game than against Samford. Uh well, And only time will will
4: tell. Roger, we've we've already set the. Uh the D V R here. Um that, that that game is already on record. Um heaven 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 forbid, um you know, at some point in time, uh you know that, that game will be watched. Uh, last week's game actually was recorded but not watched because it wasn't much of a game and um you know, it remains that on Saturdays, uh Georgia is the king of this household, um you know, in terms of what's talked about, what's watched and etc. So Um, I was very lucky uh, last uh, Sunday, um, although it rained, you know, mom and dad came over and we uh, watched the Ravens. It was nice to see them win. We had a nice little cookout and and, uh, some family time. Um, You know, Ravens did what they had to do. They went to New Jersey and and got a win. Um, You know, they lost a couple guys in the process. I think the injury bug is still present for – For the Ravens, Uh, Kyle Fuller um, tore his ACL. He's in for the season, and unfortunately he played 80 of 84 snaps uh, that game and played a pretty good role as uh, basically a second or third corner there. Um, You know, that daggone injury bug has just plagued them for more than a season now. They lost Juwan James, their starting left tackle um, for the year, torn Achilles, so you know, my hope is I don't know that Ronnie Stanley's ready to play just yet. Maybe he needs a little more time but but hopefully he can fill in uh, as an old pro left tackle and Marcus Peters is still on the mend, so hopefully he can he can come back. Um you know, Nick Bull at tight end didn't play last week. They still have Dobbins and Gus Edwards uh working their way back from injury. So you know, there's some bright spots uh, in the future there for for some guys to come back and contribute and um you know by and large, I think the Ravens finishing as poorly as they did last year uh get a schedule reflective of where they finished, which you know is to say that they're gonna play you know teams like the jets and the giants and and uh you know guys that, that probably finish just the same in their division so um a fourth place schedule might might do us some good and and um hopefully that you know the other, the other thing is you know if, if you watch any of the pittsburgh game, I think uh, <laughs> Uh, T J Watt tours his so so it looks like he might be out for an extended period of time and as a Baltimore fan obviously you never want to see somebody get hurt but that doesn't hurt my feelings in terms of him not being on the football field when they play. So um you know there's there's that.
0: Yeah, Frank and I were talking about the Lamar Jackson situation before uh the show tonight. Uh If yeah. and he did not sign unless it's happened never. in the short he did not nope. sign before the season nope. started. And well, it uh, appears that it's going to go uh, – he's not going to sign uh, throughout the season. Uh, if they the didn't roster. come up with the deal, I doubt whether they will. The the report – I don't know if it's made nationally, but the report
4: locally was that the Ravens offered him $290 million over six years. For five years. Was it five years? And it was 133 million dollars guaranteed, and he rejected that because I think it wasn't enough guaranteed money. So oh, yeah. um, this is going to be a problem. I think that um, it, it was it was six yeah, years. Yeah, he doesn't have to 90, pay an
0: agent 30 percent either. Does.
4: he represents well, himself? Okay. You know, look. Plan Plan B is that they're going to have to if he doesn't sign, which. I think he's already mentioned that he doesn't want to negotiate during the season, so we've already missed the deadline. So he's going to play out his twenty-three million dollars guaranteed contract for this year, and then next year, um, obviously the negotiations will start again. And finishing where we where he rejected this offer, obviously the the uh, upfront money is not enough for him. So I guess they have to go up from one thirty-three to something. If he doesn't, if they can't reach an agreement, then they'll franchise tag him, which would likely be a guaranteed amount of roughly forty to forty-five million dollars. So, mm-hmm. you know, he would be under contract next year. Then they have one more franchise tag after that, which right. now we're probably yeah, going to approach the the fifty million dollars, you know, whatever mark. Um, so, you know, and I've heard I don't know if Frank said this or you said this, Roger, but I mean, once we get to that second franchise tag. You know, look, I I think you're either going to have to, you know, poop or get off the pot at that point when it comes to giving him what he Mm -hmm. wants or say we're not giving you what you want and we're going to trade you. Um, I know that you've mentioned that, Roger, with regard to what could we possibly get for him or, you know, what is his actual value on the trade market and do we need to go in a different direction because, you know, look, I mean, if you're going to tell me that however the money works out, whether it's – Signing bonuses, or, or how they how that fits into the salary cap. I mean, you're, you're roughly talking fifty million dollars a year, which has to be north of twenty five percent of your total payroll. So um, that's problematic when you're trying to fill out a team, you know, full of other people that can help you win. You know, mm-hmm. paying that much money to your quarterback. So I don't well, know. I don't he's know what happens
0: inter- well, you know, Doug, we talk about it. Don, Frank, all of us. He's been injury-thrown, okay, number one. Number two yep. is all you got to do is look at Sunday night's game, see the way Dak Prescott was hit, you know, yep. throwing a ball on a completion, breaking his thumb. They say yep. four weeks. Who's to say it's four? I mean, the, the Cowboys say well, it's four weeks. That doesn't it could mean it's going to be eight. four weeks. Yeah. It could be six I mean, look, eight. The, the, and what happens Cowboys when – well, what my point is, what happens if Lamar gets hurt this year, or yeah. uh, or if they tag him and he gets hurt next year? If he had a guarantee of one hundred and fifty million dollars that he could, right. he would know is in the bank. If he signed up this year, then I question whether he really wants to be in Baltimore.
4: <laughs> well, he says he does, but at the same time, I mean, look, you can see both sides of this coin. I mean, if you're Lamar Jackson, obviously, you want to secure your future with guaranteed money that says, if I get hurt, I know that I'm going to make X. But if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you have to look at that and say, you know what, look, man, we, we have a really special talent. He's a, he's a part of something we're trying to do to build to win, and we want to win a Super Bowl. Uh, but at the same time, you go back and you look at, now you have Dak Prescott, you had Michael Vick, you had all these different people, uh, you know, that that were – Mobile type quarterbacks. I mean, Lamar Jackson. You know, if he's going to run the football and approach 800 to a thousand yards rushing on a on a yearly basis, you know, one 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 shot, one one wrong cut, one whatever, and you know, you've just wasted, you know, whatever that guaranteed money is. You know, it's down the drain. So, this is a very delicate subject that that goes much deeper than saying I want Lamar Jackson because we want to win a Super Bowl. I mean, you're you're wrapping. Probably as we just mentioned, north of 150 million dollars in guaranteed money over six years uh, into a guy that if he gets hurt, you have no ROI. You know what I mean? There's, there's nothing you want to get out of that. But that's right. You know, it's still going to be a part of your payroll. So this is a very delicate subject here in terms of, you know, gosh, I want to win, but on I don't want to waste the money on somebody to get hurt. you know, And that's that's a very gray area. Um, you know, for that amount oh, yeah. of money over that
0: amount of time. Yeah, we were. I wanted to talk to. Uh, he was, I guess, tied up tonight. Uh, Daryl Ledbetter of the uh, Atlanta Journal Constitution. But uh, we did have Fred Khalil on a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Frank, you know, you'll remember what Fred said. I don't know what uh, mm-hmm. those. Mm-hmm. And we were. T- and my question was about Mariota. If that mm-hmm. is that a stopgap for two years, because that's his yeah. contract. And they said, yes, but, and I said, well, they can go out and draft another quarterback. Okay. Next is coming draft. Uh, the, uh, well, the 2023 draft. And he said, well, the guy that they've already drafted, they feel high about. So they've yeah. already got him on the rookie contract. I guess this is his second year. And I mean, I haven't seen him play. I mean, I saw Mariota mm-hmm. play, but I have not seen him play. And, um, and 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 the Falcons should have won that game, in my opinion, but that you know that's another story but the uh but it just goes to show you that uh people the teams are looking at that those rookie contracts and they're they're planning ahead that when that especially with a quarterback when that fifth year comes up, like you said you got you know you got two tag years, okay that's it yeah. You know? Okay, and well, they may have their other quarterback already with like two years under their belt.
4: Well, the the Falcons made a decision to move on from Matt Ryan, signing yes. you know Mariota. Uh, subsequently, then drafting this year, current year, they drafted Desmond Ritter, who I think was a right. Cincinnati Bearcats quarterback. So he's on his first year; he's a rookie. Right. Um, essentially, he's going to quote unquote be redshirted this year, and hold the clipboard and, and go through practice and all those sorts of things. But you, you, you literally have a four year window to make a decision in most cases on guys that you draft with a fifth year option, depending on how it's structured, it could be in your favor, maybe, maybe not, be, but, um, you know, so there's time. I mean, Mar- Marcus Mariota is, as you mentioned, a stopgap. I mean, you know, um, they drafted, uh, was it uh, Drake London, uh, wide receiver. they still have Kyle Pitts. They drafted uh, Tyler Algier, who's a running back. So they they have some, some different weapons there. But, I mean, Atlanta's one of those teams that's kind of in that muddled area of building but we're not really competitive. Uh, and, there, and there's that whole division. I mean, Carolina's not incredibly good. Um, you know, obviously, we know, you know, Tampa Bay is is probably the class of that league. But um, you know, it's, it's you know, you, as as a GM or front office, you have to start looking at some of those things and say, like, I know this is where we are, but where are we going to be in two years, three years, four years, years, five years? Yeah. Um, in terms of you know what our draft board looks like, or you know, you have those um, I'm not sure what they're called, but capologists will call them kind right. of the loose columns, right? That 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 basically map out you know this is the next whatever five ten years of what your 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 payroll structure looks like, insinuating that it's going to go up by this percent or, or, or whatever. Um, when you start making these contracts, you know, and you start looking at guys, and you know, you, you know, you may have drafted a guy two years ago. He's in his third year. He's on a you know five year contract, and you have to start thinking about whether you want to resign the guy or replace him. I mean, it's well, that's it's a really. Yeah. You know, bizarre kind of a concept, but that's on. I mean, you can't go to bed every night and think tomorrow's tomorrow because it's not because it's next week already. Wow. You know. Well, so. let me
0: ask you this. I, I brought this up earlier because I did not know this until a couple of hours ago when I was listening on Sirius NFL Radio to Pete Carroll. Did you know uh-huh. that Geno Smith was a backup to Russell Wilson for the last four years? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, you did. I didn't. I don't think you did either, Frank. Did you?
2: Uh, yeah, because I did because uh, Doug called me a couple times to tell me that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well,
4: Doug, you know, Frank, you are Frank, a brilliant
0: Frank.
4: man. <laughs> <laughs> <And> Frank, <laughs> that was only—that was only because I knew what day of the week it
0: was. That's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> no, no, so you really did realize. You did know, okay? Yeah. I had no yeah. idea, you know, because most of the time you don't pay attention to the backup quarterback until they're needed. And now I do know uh, that Gar- what is it, Gardner Webb is the Eagles because he played last year in a game and he tagged NFL experience with Jacksonville. Uh, but I don't know who the backup quarterback is for the Jaguars, even though I wanted them to win. And I'm a big Doug Peterson fan and I want him to be successful. But I'll say I well, will follow them, the backup quarterbacks now, because, like you said, you know, you're one one play uh, yeah. uh, from having a disaster, just like the Cowboys sure. have now.
4: And there's no question. I mean, look, we um, was it the Tuesday after Labor Day? Uh, we had our fantasy football draft, and you know, a lot of the area of Baltimore PGA head golf professionals are in this league. There's 12 of us. I'd say nine of us are, you know, head golf professionals, and you know, you're starting to draft these people, and you're looking at, like, okay, well, who the heck is this guy, you know? like So, you know, um, it, it makes some of these things relevant. You look at Dallas Cowboys, and, you know, Stevie Lamb is the number one wide receiver for the Cowboys, and most people drafted him in, like, the Second round, probably of our draft, Well, will see the Lambs' value just went down immensely because who, mm-hmm. who the heck's going to throw to him? Well, I mean, they they, they they have a guy who probably sold insurance last year that's going to throw to him. I mean, you know, so you, you know, it, unfortunately, I pay attention to you know a lot of these things that most people don't. I mean, you're you're you're, you're as you mentioned, Roger, we mentioned you're, you're basically one injury away from the next guy up. Who's the next guy right. up? And in many cases, that's that's the guy that resides on your bench that says, I'm going to stash this guy until, you know, whatever. I, you know, I either can't use him or someone else gets hurt or whatever. I mean, you know, uh, if you're the Baltimore Ravens, right now you're looking at Kenyon Drake as their starting running back with Mike Davis as your backup. And that, that's no good. I mean, you have uh, J.K. Dobbins waiting in the wings, who's coming off the injury. One of those two guys I previously mentioned is probably going to get cut when he gets ready to go, and then you have Gus Edwards, who's you know played well over the last several years, who probably you know backs him up. So you know there's there's so many of these you know waiting lines, quote unquote, that that have the next guy up mentality. So um, you know it's crazy. Just just for the people listening, the Baltimore Ra- or the Baltimore Orioles are up now five two uh, on the uh, Nats.
0: Well, they continue to uh, surprise. i uh, give you an update uh, on the uh, Phillies and the Marlins. Uh, 6-1 in favor of the Phillies, and uh, we're in the bottom of the uh, seventh inning, uh, two outs for the Marlins. So the, uh, the, the Phillies continue to look good. Roger, the Philadelphia has a baseball team? I'm sorry, Ooh. what was that? I said Philadelphia Ooh. has a
4: baseball
1: team? Philadelphia.
4: I'll be darned. I, it's, there's there's news for me. Huh? What was, I, I never knew they existed. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh,
4: you're hitting the wrong. Well, this guys is the perfect there, time Doug. to say. Uh,
0: you know, this is tick, the perfect tick, time tick. to say
4: tick
2: tick
0: tock, <laughs> God. <guys>. Right. <laughs> you're up against the clock. Hey Doug, thanks a lot as always. Have a great week. Amen. And uh, Frank, thanks. You know, you're the best, and uh, thank God we have you. Hope everyone has hey. a great week. Uh, safe travels to uh Mr. Roger. and Mrs. Henderson. Roger. Yes. Is Frank is
4: Frank a Hall of Famer for for being our
0: uh yeah, you know, yes, our guy is. on the show here? He is. He he certainly is. And he's <laughs> is right there unanimous? in the same category with Don Henderson. Hall of that a uni- That's a <laughs> unanimous vote, right? That's a unanimous that vote.
4: You? Amen. You
5: Roger. Uh, Amen. <laughs> I want to thank everybody hey, listen, for being on.
0: I to, was once Mercer words. County AM announcer or sportscaster of the year. That's the as size as I ever went.
6: There you go.
0: Have a great week. <laughs> Take care. God bless. Hey, all right. All right.
2: Take care. Thanks, uh, Doug, for coming on. Thanks, thanks Roger. Uh, Mike Simsek and also uh, our very best uh, uh, guy, uh, Mike Schultz from the um, Realtor Wolves. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, these figures are brought to you each and every night every day. We can great appreciation the men in the United States Armed Forces, the men in the police and fire services. When you're out there and you see somebody in uniform, please, please let them know you know they're there. And everybody's not there's a lot of bad press out there about police officers. That's just a very few people. And their job this, this last couple of years has become very, very tough. So they're under a lot of stress. If so you can just give it lighten their day, give them a smile, handshake, or whatever, that'd be great. These programs are dedicated to, to those who lost their lives on duty: Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman Jeffy Colcat, Detective uh, David Curtis, uh, Excuse me, uh, Patrolman Jeffy Yaswich, Sergeant Thomas Batinger Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, Sergeant Thomas Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriffs Office, Patrolman Charlie thomas Tarpon Springs Police Department, Deputy Chief Mike Jowen, Philadelphia Fire Department. Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department. Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department. Sergeant Chris Levite, Philadelphia County Sheriff's Department. Patrolman Onofa, Christian Lakeland, PD. Lieutenant Joe Zerbin, Newcastle County Police. Deputy Josh Meyer, Nassau County Sheriff's Department. Captain Matt Return of Philadelphia Fire Department. Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Artis Hope, Wilmington Fire Department. Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department. Uh, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol. Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol. Chief Al Ovalon, Key Police Department. Chief Jimmy Ford, Women's Fire Department. My brothers and sisters, those of you may be 10, 7, 16 time, sometime we'll be 10, 10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rays rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly in your fields and the sunshine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your families always in the palm of his hand. can i
4: God bless you. a great
7: week. Shem al-ekh-ma-yil-amah <laughs> Shem al-ekh-ma-yil-amah Shem al ekh ma yil A fiery blade and to lead. He'd break the brave. I still.
2: nineteen ninety nine. Okay. County Dispatch to nineteen ninety nine. All be advised nineteen ninety nine is responded to his last emergency and God rest his soul.